Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. It's time for the Money Night Podcast with certified financial planner Wade Chessman, president and wealth advisor at Chessman Wealth Strategies. Glad to have you back on the Money Night Podcast. I'm Ben Georgie's Wade Chessman, President and Wealth Advisor of Chessman Wealth Strategies. Wade, what I, what I love about uh, the podcast is, is getting to learn about you know all the different areas that you help your clients with, and I think today's show can really kind of can target that because you know you not only are you just a financial advisor. I know people think, oh well, Wade will help you with your investments. It goes so far beyond that, doesn't it? I mean, day in day out, you help with so many other aspects of life besides just investing. That's right. We loved helping people with, you know, the whole reason we started the firm was to be able to focus on planning, not just the investment side of things. You know, a lot of advisors, I think, give lip service to planning. We don't. It's important. And we want to help people through the different life events as they come up. And that's um, a big part of life, right? There's always changes going on, good and bad. Absolutely. And we, and we want to kind of talk through some of the things you should be thinking about financially when you come across some of these big major life events that really affect you, because not only is it an emotional time in a lot of cases, you know, there's some huge financial implications that you got to be thinking about and, and making decisions on. And, and that's what you can lean on your advisor for. So we'll do that today on the podcast. And again, you can find everything online at chessmanwealth.com. And if you have further questions, you can always follow up there as well. Let's start with a job change, uh, Wade, it, you know, whatever the circumstances are, around you moving uh, positions, whether it be a change of career or maybe you uh, were laid off early or forced into an early retirement, whatever it is, there are some big things to be thinking about with your finances here, right? Sure. You know, usually there is, let's say you're going from one job to another. You've got to rethink things like benefit elections, right, at your new firm. What kind of benefits, choices are you going to make? It's an opportunity to maybe rethink some of those, like disability coverages. Maybe you maybe you decide to switch from a, a traditional health insurance plan over to a high deductible plan to take advantage of the health savings account. You've got this old 401k. It might be better just to leave it there, but it might make more sense to roll it over. If someone tells you it's always better to roll it over no matter what, that's that's. I don't, that's probably, I don't think that's good advice because it doesn't always make sense. You got to do the math and make sure. So you definitely have some things to think about. Um, I think the biggest one is just looking at the impact that it'll have on your plan, making sure you choose the proper options available to you when it comes to benefits and things like that. So job change can definitely, maybe it means a raise or maybe it means a decrease in pay. How can you take advantage of a raise to make it work for you, or if it means maybe you're taking a step back and pay, what adjustments do you need to make in your life to be able to still be on track to accomplish your objectives? So those are all the things, those are some of the things to think about during a job change. We can help you work through that. No doubt about it. And if you're in that position, again, it's a great time to sit with your advisor and find out what you should be doing and 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 any adjustments you need to be making with uh, maybe some accounts there. So good place to start. All right. uh, Divorce. We, we know there's more and more to pe- people getting divorced uh, later in life, too. 
on top of the you know the rate that's already pretty high, uh, Wade. So with divorce, we know it's a very emotional process, and oftentimes people just say, "Well, I don't really want to worry about the money, the financial side. Just just get it done, right? I, I'm not going to mm-hmm. think through it because I just want to get it over with." But there are so many things here that that can impact you, and, and you want to put yourself in the best position possible moving forward. Right. I've worked with quite a few people that have gone through that, even testified in a few trials back in the day in divorce court, and it can be you know, in some ways, even more difficult emotionally than uh, the death of a spouse. It's a very difficult time. And a lot of times financially, it can, it can be challenging, uh, either challenging in the sense that, you know, assets are getting divided and perhaps you're this particular spouse that maybe weren't the high income earner or you weren't the primary income earner that puts you in a, maybe a difficult spot. That's where I think really planning comes into play big time. Ideally, you want to get someone like us involved during the divorce. So you're doing, making sure that you're selecting the right, right assets and you're understanding your long-term picture. But I've had plenty of people that have come in post-divorce and now that things are kind of settled, they realize, hey, I need a plan. I want to make sure I'm not going to run out of money. I want to make sure maybe, for example, that I can stay home with my kids while they're young. I want to be able to maintain my home. What I see a lot of times, though, is folks will come in and they'll just kind of be on a hope and pray strategy, right? They're hoping that things will work out. And that's, to me, never a great way to do it. Yes, we want to be confident, but we also want to make sure that we're looking at things from a perspective of our plan. You know, if you want to live on X amount a month and you have X amount of money, does that going to, is that going to work? Right. So instead of just hoping that it'll work out and then finding out five, six years from now that you're about to run out of money, let's put together a plan to help you do the, to make sure you're on the right path. And then there's a lot of other things that come with that too. Usually that means you, you want to revisit your estate plan to make sure that's still on the right path. Things like that. So a lot of decisions to make during the, uh, the divorce, starting at, at what, how are we going to divide assets? And then after that's done, how am I going to build it? Am I going to be on track to accomplish the things that I'd like to do for me, my family, my kids? And that requires planning. But I've done it many times. You can do it. Um, you just have to sit down and actually put the time in and put and put together the plan. A lot of times when you're in the midst of that or right following a divorce, it, it's very difficult to even sometimes think straight, but it is important to start putting that plan together so that you don't, like I said, four or five years from now, end up in a spot and you're like, what happened? Yep. It's a, such a difficult time, um, but something that you've helped people through for sure. What about an inheritance, Wade? Uh, this can be obviously a major life event, uh, unexpected kind of windfall um, can really change your life. But I guess there is a lot of negative that can come with this too, right? If you're not careful. Yeah, it depends on the size. You know, most people, um, when they get an inheritance, isn't very large. And when we hear about the large ones on in the news, you know, people that inherit fast sums, but most aren't, you know, huge. But you do have some decisions to make. Like, for example, if you were to inherit an IRA from your mom or dad. Now with the new CARES Act, there's some different secure act. There's more 
options and different options available to you now that different decisions you have to make. So you have to look at it from a tax standpoint. How is that going to affect you from a tax standpoint? You know, maybe maybe it would be um, tempting just to go out and buy a new Porsche or something like that <laughs> with your inheritance. Hmm. But again, going back to the planning side of it, how does that inheritance infect your uh, long-term plan? Is it something that's going to be positive for it? Could you use that to firm up some holes in your plan? Or maybe it's just found money that you don't really need and you could do something um, special with that money. So the, the, the fear, the, the thing you hear about a lot of times with people that, in, that get vast sums of money all at once, whether it's through inheritance or winning the lottery or whatever the case may be, is that you talk to those people three or four years later and that money's gone. Mm-hmm. So I'd say like anything else, without a plan for that money and those assets, then you're, you're probably not going to be in a good spot. So whatever the case it is, if you if you find yourself in the fortunate place to be in inheriting assets, then before you make any big decisions, put that in your plan, see how it affects it, and then then you can make a more a, a wiser choice about what to do with it next. So it can you know obviously it can be a great thing, uh, but you just have to be smart about how you handle it. Yep. Planning is always critical. All right. Becoming an empty nester is another major life event that uh, you'll get to experience. Yeah. That's basically what I am at this point. You know, I've got one in college at at Arkansas and then one that's out of college living on her own. And so we're empty nesters in that sense, not so much in the sense that we've got, you know, we still have one that we're responsible for in college, but I'd say the opportunity uh, financially speaking, is that it's typically an opportunity where your expenses have gone down. You ho- you're not paying for college. Hopefully your kids are self-sufficient on their own. If not completely, they're certainly less expensive than they were. And for a lot of people, this is the opportunity for them to make some hay, to put away some some hay in the barn for the long-term future. You know, maybe they've, like a lot of families, they've had a lot of expenses with kids growing up. Now, those expenses have diminished or gone away completely. Here's an opportunity then to really start firming up your plan, making sure that you're on the right path, doing the things you need to do to get that cleaned up. So the opportunity to become an empty nester is a lot of times a great opportunity to really start making some hay, start making some headway for your financial plan, for your long-term future. And also have some little bit of fun. <laughs> yeah. Maybe travel a little bit more, do some things like that. But again, you want to try to do it in context of the large, larger picture in mind. So where I find a lot of opportunity in the empty nester phase is, is that opportunity to firm up your plan and, and make sure you're in the right spot. All right. Got one more for you, Wade. And this is obviously a very difficult one. I know this is one that uh, you really have helped people with quite a bit, but it's dealing with the death of a spouse can be so emotional. A lot of grief obviously comes with this. And the last thing you really worried about is money, but uh, that's obviously a role that you play in, in helping someone get through that. Right. You know, certainly a difficult time. There's always so many details to take care of. Working with a couple of folks right now that are, that have gone through that and there's so many things you have to 
to take care of, so many decisions you have to make. Uh, we have a, a guide that we can send you if you find yourself in this position that will checklist, if you will, to help you kind of think through some of these things. But really kind of goes back to what we were talking about before is that this is an opportunity to take a fresh look at your situation and make redo your update your financial plan now that your spouse has passed away. Or it could even be, you know, a parent or something like that. But typically it's a spouse. And revisit your financial plan. Make sure, again, that everything that's been done, that you are still on track for your objectives. But maybe you need to make some adjustments one way or the other. And then usually you'll have decisions to make about retirement plans, IRAs, life insurance proceeds. It's a good opportunity to sit back and re-look at your estate planning documents, make sure that, you know, typically those have to be updated. Maybe there's some benefit options you have to take advantage of. So there is a ton of stuff to do following the death of a spouse. And I've got a couple of articles on the website about that, uh, gracefully grappling with grief and what to do with the loss of a spouse. I've got a whole section on the website about this and to kind of guide you and give you some ideas on things to think about. One of the things I always tell people, there's a lot of decisions you have to make. Some are important and urgent. Many of them are important and not urgent. And so we want to focus on the things that we have to get done and some of the things can wait. So don't push yourself to get too many things done at once. Just take your time. We'll deal with the things that we have to deal with right away. And then we'll put some of the other things off a little while and go from there. Yeah, if you need help with any of these things, uh, again, please don't hesitate to reach out. Or if you have questions you want to prepare, chessmanwealth.com is the website. Phone number 214-572-2120. And, and also on your website, Wade, you have a lot of resources for these specific situations too. So encourage anyone to, to check that out as well if you want to learn more. But always, uh, Wade's always happy to help if you have questions directly for him. And now this month's Kingdom Minute, where we learn what the Bible says about managing money and how it applies to your life. This episode of the Kingdom Minute, I'm going to expand a little bit more on what we talked about last time, which was discipline. And, you know, we said, hey, that word has some negative connotations. So we talked about the fact, hey, if discipline has developed an unfair negative meaning, right? For some people, freedom has deserved and uh, has developed an undeserved positive connotation. So if you think of freedom, you might think that means you can have anything you want, better car, bigger house, expensive vacation, all that stuff. But unless you're paying with that money, unless you're paying with those things with money you've saved, however, all these things only lead to debt, which is the opposite of freedom. And we said this many times, Ben, the rituals rule over the poor and the borrower is the slave of the lender. Proverbs 22, 7. So true freedom requires discipline or it leads to disaster. So freedom without virtue becomes license from from which we get the word licentious which means having a complete disregard for rules of morality. And our founding fathers of the country knew this, right? They gave us more freedom than any people have ever enjoyed in history. But they also knew that our nation could only survive if the people remained virtuous. So to paraphrase many of them, without virtue or discipline, there is no liberty. 
So, so there's a story that says that one time a, a woman stopped Benjamin Franklin as he was leaving the Constitutional Convention in Philadelphia. She asked, what kind of government have you given us? Hmm. And Franklin replied, a republic, madam, if you can keep it. Hmm. Now, I think Ben Franklin would probably have fainted if someone told him his new country would someday have a national debt of $31 trillion. So we need to remember that discipline is a good thing and that freedom can be dangerous. The truth is, is without discipline, there is no real freedom. Hebrews, Hebrews 12, 11 reads, For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. I love that. Always great to get your Kingdom Minutes and, and get that biblical perspective on money, Wade. It's always a refreshing look at things and, and, and really kind of ground you a little bit, too, and what's most important. So, again, we thank you for, for that uh, insight, as always. All right, that'll do it for us today on the Money Night Podcast. Thank you for being part of the episode. If you haven't subscribed to the show yet, please do that as well. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can get in touch with us on online, chessmanwealth.com, or you can call the team at 214-572-2120. Wade, I uh, hope you have a great week, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Ben. You too. The opinions voiced in Money Night with Wade Chessman are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Guests on Monday night are not affiliated with CWM LLC. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor.